Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. First, I want you to note how they were to give. It was always the best, the best of everything. The best of the oil, the best of the wine, the best of the grain, the best of their first fruits. God wants the best. Now, why is that? Why does God want the best? Is he being greedy? Why does God want us to give him our best? I believe it's because God knows how he made us and everybody here gladly gives their best to those they love the most. Have you ever stopped to consider that your giving to the needs of the local church or brothers and sisters in need is an act of worship? Pastor Bill reminds you today that God gave his best for you. He gave his only son to take your sin upon him and to die in your place. And then he gave you eternal life. The Bible tells us that our love for him is only because he first loved us. Your gift to his body, of whom you are a part, is declaring your love for him and for your brothers and sisters. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Numbers chapter 18 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. We just come before you tonight and thank you for the privilege of gathering And Lord, as we continue our study through uh, Numbers, as we look at Numbers chapter 18, the end of the chapter tonight, God, I pray you would speak to us, Lord, as we look at continuation of what we looked at before, doing our part, but as we specifically look at giving, God, I pray that you would speak to us, Lord. I pray that your truths would, uh, God, they would minister to our hearts, that we would understand your heart on this topic, on this issue. And uh, Lord, I pray that you be glorified through our obedient response. So we give you this time, Lord, pray you speak to us loud and clear. We ask these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. All right. Well, last study in Numbers, uh, we did chapter 18, verses 1 through 7. If you remember, the topic was do your part. And in that section of, of Numbers 18, the priests and the Levites were, they were told, God told Aaron, look, I've given you them as a gift. And Everybody was being given clarity on what their part was. The priests had a certain part that they were to play. The Levites had a different function that they were to play. And everybody was given their part. We spent some time looking at Ephesians, recognizing that in a very similar way, the body of Christ, New Testament saints, God has given to each one different gifts, but the body needs all of them to be functioning. So we talked last time about doing your part. This week, it changes up a bit. God now turns not to Aaron and to the Levites, but now God looks at the Israelites, the people, they have a part to play as well. And so uh, we're going to look at something that for some people uh, it's abused for other people. It could be uh, a little contentious and controversial, but it is biblical. And it's one of the things that God has established and set up in his word for how his work would go forth in the old Testament. We're looking at here. For all the things God wanted to take place at the tabernacle, the people had to give. In a similar way, in the New Testament, for all the things that God wants to take place in the church, the people that are part of that church have to give in order for it to work. So uh, we'll pick up in Numbers 18, starting at verse 8. I'm going to go ahead and read verses 8 through 11. And so, and the Lord spoke to Aaron, Here, I myself have also given charge of my heave offerings All the holy gifts of the children of Israel, I have given them as a portion to you and your sons as an ordinance forever. This shall be yours of the most holy things reserved from the fire. 
every offering of theirs, every grain offering and every sin offering and every trespass offering, which they render to me shall be most holy for you and your sons in a most holy place. You shall eat it. Every male shall eat it. It shall be holy to you. This also is yours. The heave offering of their gift with all the wave offerings of the children of Israel. I have given them to you and your sons and daughters with you as an ordinance forever. Everyone who is clean in your house may eat. So this is what's happening here. Uh, again, last time we were here, we looked at the first seven verses and God had given everybody their role. Levites, you guys function this way. Priests, you guys carry out these functions. Now the Levites are going to take care of the mechanical things, some of the practical work. The priests are going to offer sacrifices. They're going to offer things up to the Lord. Where's the stuff coming from to be offered to the Lord? It's coming from the people. It's coming from all the Israelites, all those that worship Jehovah there to be part of giving there to bring these things in and the Levites were to be in charge of what was taking place. So a few things here in these verses, God had a plan to take care of the practical needs of the priests and the Levites. Those that God put in service, God said, I'm going to take care of you guys. I got a plan for you guys. I I didn't overlook you guys when I put things in order. You're going to remember that all the other tribes got lands and area. The Levites didn't get land. Anybody remember what God told them, what their inheritance was going to be? Him. God said, you guys, your inheritance is going to be me. And we'll talk about that a little more later. But God said, you guys don't worry about stuff. You guys, full time, you serve me. and I'll take care of you guys. And so this is how God intended to do it. He was providing for them through the people. After the offerings were given up, you guys know these are great big barbecues. They would take these animals. They would cut them up. They would skin them and prepare them and then they were barbecued they were offered up now for the lord it was the sweet smell and aroma of the offering going up that meat there was a lot of good meat left over and you know it wasn't going to waste god said you guys that are in this place serving me full time this is for you guys it's first is given to me when he's telling aaron he says i'm gonna now i'm gonna give it back to you. i'm gonna give back to you you're gonna be taking care of you and your sons and daughters your family's gonna be taken care of now God's making provision for them. It's, and again, as we look at this as the Old Testament, so someone may say, well, you know, that's the temple, that was the tabernacle, that's how God did it then. But the Bible says in Hebrews 13 9, I believe that God is the same what? Yesterday, today, and forever. God's always got a provision for the people that serve him. He's always looking out for every piece and every part. In God's economy, there's always been a place for you and me to give. And there's always been a place for those that are serving God to be taken care of supernaturally. However, he does it. God takes care of his servants. And so here in a very itemized way, God is saying, this is how we're going to do it here in the New Testament. And I I just want to give these references for write them down in your notes. I don't need you to turn to them. But God does the same thing. God requires for the New Testament, the church. How's the church to function? How's the church to do all the things that it does? Where's the money come from? God says, the money's to come from the people that attend the church. They go. They're to, they're to share in financially and physical things with those that give them or sow in spiritual things. Write down these verses. Write down 1 Corinthians 9, 14. It says, even so the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should live from the gospel. And it's what you note the word commanded. God said, this is my command. Those that preach the gospel, they're to live by it. That's how they're to be taken care of in Luke 10. As Jesus was sending his disciples to go place to place. 
He said, you know, and when you go to a place, don't keep hopping around. In Luke 10, 7, he says, remain in the same house, eating and drinking such things as they give you, for the laborer is worthy of his wages. Do not go from house to house. He says, you know, stay put. You're worthy of your wages. You guys are ministering and serving and you stay in the house. They're going to feed you and take care of you. Don't be guilty. It's okay. You're worthy of that. It's all right. In 1 Timothy 5, 17 and 18, last one, Timothy being shared with or ministered to by the apostle Paul said, let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor. That word honor is not just respect. The idea is where we get the word honorarium from, that they're to be taken care of. It's financial, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine for the scripture says, you shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain and the laborer is worthy of his wages. So in the same way that God is here saying, these guys don't have an inheritance. They're not getting land. They're focused on ministering to you guys spiritually. You guys are going to give and don't feel some kind of way about them receiving from it. It's my desire that they do. Now, New Testament is the same way. Now, I'll say this, and I'll talk more about this at the end of the study. We know that within the priesthood, there were times where people, because of their abuse, made the people of God abhor the offering. Uh, anybody remember whose sons did this? Bible trivia. Eli, right? Um, when poor little Samuel, he got his first word from the Lord, and guess what it was? To tell Eli that his wicked sons have been in the temple tearing up. They've been running women. People are bringing their offerings to the Lord. It says they're putting in the hook and taking it out in their face and just, you know, just making people, instead of coming joyfully to give to the Lord and know for them, they had to do it anyway. It was under the law. They had to come bring it, but they were stumbled and having to do it because of Eli's sons. And guess what happened to Eli's sons? God killed them. I, so I asked somebody that they said they died. I said, no, it's different. It's everybody going to die. They didn't die. God killed them. They got punished to death. And so I say that because there is a responsibility for those that are put in charge in that way. While they stumbled people, God dealt really severely with them. And it goes both ways. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not to be played with in that way. So when you look at the New Testament and we look at churches today and we look at people that may be abusing these things, it doesn't change God's will, God's desire, God's heart. I look at those men sometimes and I fear. I'm like, they're in trouble. They got to meet God one day. One day they got to stand before the living God and give an account for what they've done to his people. And, you know, I wouldn't want to be them on that day. So, but I do want to make it clear that this was God's way. God said, you know, the way that I'm going to take care of those that serve me is those that are receiving are going to give. So back to numbers now. Look at verses 12 through 14. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll come back to this in verse 13, but I want you to note in the verse 11, it says, everyone who is clean in your house may eat. Just note that. We'll come back to it. Verses 12 through 14 now, it says, all the best of the oil and the best of the new wine and the grain, their first fruits, which they offer to the Lord, I have given them to you. Whatever first ripe fruit is in their land which they bring to the Lord shall be yours. Everyone who is clean in your house may eat. Every devoted thing in Israel shall be yours. First, I want you to note how they were to give. It was always the best, the best of everything, the best of the oil, the best of the wine, the best of the grain, the best of their first fruits. God wants the best. Now, why is that? Why does God want the best? Is he being greedy? Why does God want us to give him our best? I believe it's because God knows how he made us and everybody here gladly gives their best 
to those they love the most. I give my best to those I love the most. The Bible says that where your treasure is, they're what? They're your heart's going to be also. And if you give your best to your hobby or you give your best to your job, you give your best to yourself, you give your best to your kids, you give your best to whatever, you name whatever that is, you give your best to, God says, that's number one in your life. I want to be number one. And so he tells them here, I want you to give your best. It's not that he needed it, right? God doesn't need our stuff. He owns the cattle on a thousand hill, all the silver and all the gold. We don't give to God because he's like, I needed that. Man, Bill, you, you, you know, I needed that, man. You got to really come through for me. He don't need our stuff. We need to give. Um, it's good for us. And so they were to give their best. And I would challenge us. Are we giving our best to the Lord? Are we giving our best in terms of, I wrote down three areas. You, you either are giving your best or you're giving what's left or nothing at all. And everyone here should answer that just between you and the Lord. Am I giving my best? Am I giving what's left? Or am I giving nothing at all? And I mean that finance wise. I mean that as far as your time. I mean that as far as your gifts and talents. As far as your finances. Am I giving God my best? Am I giving God what's left over? After I take off the top and do what I got to do and see if I can, after I try to make the ends meet, see if I can take care of God after that. Or God get left out altogether. Right. It shouldn't be that way. He should always get your best. That's why we give off the top the first fruits to the Lord. When it comes to your time, you should be giving God the best of your time. For most of us, that's going to be first thing in the morning. The worst of your time is going to be that last little thing before you go to bed. And so anybody trying to hang in to evening and do the I'm going to get tonight before I go to bed. You in a sleeping posture going to give God that little bit right there. Your mind is all beat up from all you've been through through the day. You got stress and worry, the kids and this and that and the other guys. I mean, that's that's left over or nothing at all, you know, but we need to figure out. And um, it's something that we need to figure out. God, I need to figure out how to give you my best. If that's me getting up earlier, if that's me stealing away, if that's me taking my lunch, if that's me somehow every day you give me 24 hours. And if you're the most important thing in my life, then I've got to figure out a way to give you the best of some of my time, the best in my giving, the best of my time and in my talents and ability. God said, I, I want that. I made you. Your talents and gifts, abilities, God gave you that stuff. And some people take the best of their ability, talent, and, and they give it to their jobs. But, I mean, job just squeeze you dry. And God's like, man, I could really use that talent at the church. I could really use that gift. You see, we like that gift at the church, you know? can't get you. You're busy with these other things. God would have us give our best in every area. And so here, this isn't unique to numbers in all places where God is telling people to give. They're to give their best. First fruits. You know why he says first fruits? Because you give your first fruits in faith. I don't know how much fruit is coming after this, but this is the first one I got. God said, give me that one. First one. I was thinking of this earlier. My son, Billy, you guys know is um, he's autistic and he's just got a really sweet heart. And I've teased him. He loves popcorn. And um, I tease him when he makes popcorn. I say, Where's mine? Where's mine? And so he has this thing. He'll make popcorn and he'll put it in his bowl and he wants all his popcorn. But he'll take one kernel out and wherever I'm at in the house, he'll come to me and just puts it in my mouth. Here, dad, I give my one kernel. He give me he's sharing. He give me his one piece, you know, and I, I think it's sweet. You know, it, it's him saying every time he does it, I, I'm aware that it's sweet to me. He remembered me. He brought me my one kernel. I'm sharing with you, dad. You know, I notice he don't bring the whole bucket, though. You know, he brings the one piece, but but I'll take that, you know. But the idea is before I go in and enjoy first you, Lord. And I would challenge all of us here and on all these areas. Do you worship God like this? That's what he required here. 
it's what he desires in the New Testament the same. The difference in Old Testament and New Testament that the Old Testament giving was, I think it was easier because God said, give me a tenth. It was, I had a measured amount. I knew exactly how much to give. In the New Testament, God says, give as much as you want. How much can you give gladly? Now that puts you in a different predicament. It's like, well, how much can I give? At what point do I start feeling like, <laughs> you know, at what point, right? You know, it really is. What can you give cheerfully to the Lord? And so that's his heart for us there, that we would worship him and that we wouldn't be confined or constrained. We'd be free in worship in this way. And so here God is establishing this. He just got the priests and the Levites established. Now he's letting the people know this is your part. You guys got to give. If you guys don't give, this thing don't work. There's nothing for them to offer. They can't make atonement. They can't do the things that they do if you guys don't do your part. So this would be a part that everybody was to play. No one was going to be um, exempt. And it was interesting this too, when the people bring their best because they would give it to the Lord, God would in turn give his best back to the people. They were coming and giving their best in worship. This was the best lamb I had, Lord, here. I worship you with it. This was the best of my flock, Lord, here. I worship you with it. And now that they worship God with their best, God's got the very best to give out to those that that he's ministering to. And so the priests and the Levites and those that were there in full-time service to God, they were also getting the best. And it's interesting as well that God gave them the best pieces. You know, we'll see in a little bit. God said, you guys can have the breast and the right thigh. And the breast, anybody that's a chicken connoisseur like myself, you know, that's the good part of the meat. That's the healthy part. That's the, the white meat. That's the, you know, if you're trying to get your protein in, that's the good part to get, get you some good chicken breast or whatever. The right thigh, if you're a chicken, you know, your right thigh, that's going to be the one that's built up. That's the best one. God said, I want you to have the best. And as they gave their best, God also gave his best. What do we learn from that? That God never requires of us what he doesn't do. He's not a hypocrite. Give your best and he gives right back. And so not that we give to get, but it is his track record. It is what he does. And so he would give his best in turn to the servants that were there. In verse 13, uh, when he said the first ripe fruit, he wanted, obviously it was the first thing that was coming forth. It was something that was given in faith, but uh, it was the first ripe fruit. That means that as soon as they got ready, it was taken off and given to the Lord. You know, and anybody here that has fruit trees and those things, you know, when they're ripe, it's like, okay, but they just turned the right color. Boom, they're ready. God said, I want it right then. I want it, boom, I want it then. Why? Because if you wait too long, you might be sitting at the table with it. You know, if you wait too long, and he said, just right off the top, give it to me first. And I do believe that, that should be our prerogative when it comes to giving to the Lord. God, I want you to be first, first in the morning, first out of my paycheck, first in my gifts and talents and all. God, I want you to have the best and the first and the most of everything that I am, that we wouldn't give him less than our best. And so now I said I would come back to it. I uh, said it in verse 11 and also in verse 13 that they must be clean. Why is that? How come they must be clean? If they're going to eat it, now it's made available to them. But it said at the end of verse 11, everyone who eats, everyone who is clean in your house may eat. And the end of verse 13, everyone who is clean in your house may eat. This is why that was important to the Lord. These Offerings were first offered up to the Lord. They were set apart, sanctified, holy as they were sent to the Lord in worship. Now, as the priests and Levites and their families would eat them, it's as though they're eating with the Lord. This is holy. This has been set apart. You can't be in here filthy. 
You can't be in here with junk and with you need to be clean. Now, they needed to be ceremonially clean. They needed to be right in a right place if they were going to partake. What if God said you had to be right with him to eat? We'd be skinny. (laughs) We'd be a lot thinner, you know. But he said for you guys to partake of this, this is holy. It's set apart by me. This is the only food made available. Then you need to be clean. That means they needed to take heed to themselves. They couldn't let themselves go. If you let yourself go for a very long time and remain unclean, what would happen? You would just die. It wouldn't be available, which is a good nugget for you and I, that we would take heed to our lives, to ourselves, that we would keep short accounts with the Lord. We're flawed. We mess up. We make mistakes. But don't go on in rebellion with the Lord. Don't go on in disobedience. When you recognize I've messed up, you confess it, you repent, you get back up, but you don't just stay there, right? They couldn't stay in that kind of a state. They had to get it dealt with. Or, or they wouldn't be eating this holy meal in the tabernacle with the Lord. And so I believe the same is true that God has always had and still has a high standard for those that would serve him. And a couple of verses, if you want to write them down in your notes in Psalm 24, verses one through six. Specifically, I like the part where God says, who's going to ascend into the hill of the Lord or who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. God says, who's going to ascend him? Who's going to come close? Those who have clean hands and a pure heart. Uh, We're told in James 3, verse 1, that let not many be teachers, you know, that they're going to receive the stricter judgment. You know, it's going to be harsher for them. And so in every area, God has a high standard for those of us that would serve him. And that's a good thing. He had it for them here. He has it for us now. Look at verses 15 through 19 now. It says, everything that first opens the womb of all flesh, which they bring to the Lord, rather man or beast shall be yours. Nevertheless, the firstborn of man you shall surely redeem and the firstborn of unclean animals you shall redeem. And those redeemed of the devoted things you shall redeem when one month old, according to your valuation for five shekels of silver, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, which is 20 gerahs. Verse 17, but the firstborn of a cow, the firstborn of a sheep, or the firstborn of a goat, you shall not redeem, they are holy. You shall sprinkle their blood on the altar and turn and burn their fat, as an offering made by fire for a sweet aroma to the Lord and their flesh shall be yours just as the wave breast and the right thigh are yours. All the heave offerings of the holy things with the children of Israel have offered to the Lord. I have given to you and your sons and daughters with you as an ordinance forever. It is a covenant of salt forever before the Lord with you and your descendants with you. And so here in this chunk, you know, God is letting them know what the different animals that are going to be sacrificed. And we looked in Leviticus for you guys that were with us through that study. We looked at all the specific offerings here. God is saying the different animals that would be offered up. And I want you to just think about it. You know, in their culture, in their time, a cow, a a gold, these are large and they're worth a lot. They had functions. They were how you made money. And God said, look, when you have a fresh litter of cows, the best one, I want that one. That one you're going to bring to me. And we saw she was pregnant. We've been waiting on it. And now we have the best. We're going to bring the best one and give it to the Lord. It was their privilege to be able to worship the Lord in this way. He had provided it for them that they might worship him with it. And so they were to bring these things. And again, in turn, God would make them available to Aaron, the priest, the Levites. 
and all their families. Now, in verse 16, we note that it said the firstborn of everything that opens a womb, that also includes your children. Just so we know that God's not into human sacrifice. Uh, God said for the firstborn that exit the womb, God said you need to redeem him. You don't offer a child to the Lord. Thanks for joining Pastor Bill on a transforming word as he teaches through the book of Numbers. As you listen to today's message, we pray that it has not only inspired you in your faith journey, but challenged you in your relationships. The book of Numbers recounts the various struggles the people of Israel faced with those outside of their camp, but also within. Surely, there are difficulties you might be facing inside your family, your church, your work setting, and the nation as a whole. But God is still here, and He's proven time and time again that He's not leaving you or abandoning you. So when you're tempted to get down and out, chin up and remember that He is faithful. The messages you've been listening to are in Ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. If you're ever in or near the Inglewood area, you're more than welcome to join us for church. We meet at Calvary Chapel, Inglewood every Sunday and Wednesday. And you can get more information on our website at calvaryinglewood.org. You can also call or text us for more information. Our number is 310-245-4811. Again, that's 310-245-4811. If you're looking for more resources or ways to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just look for the links on our website. Again, that's calvaryinglewood.org. Well, that's all we have time for today. But Pastor Bill will have more to share from the book of Numbers next time on A Transforming Word. <laughs>